tonight. He's on your radio right now on the Divinity Phone live from Omaha, Nebraska. Chris, did you get any sleep? Tell the truth. Not much, not much. All my college World Series pals from the Citadel were in town, so oh wow, we probably stayed out a little too late, and uh, then you can't sleep here. It's like you get up and you're you're ready to go for the next day. Yeah, given the scene at the hotel, um, is it a good thing that you're not playing today? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's so much emotion. It's not even the scene at the hotel. You just, you play these emotional games, and then you got to come down from them and. Um, like I told the kids, enjoy last night, <clears throat> and then we're just leaving practice right now. We just had practice, and they're heading to the weight room. And um, you know, it's it's business, man. You got to get back to business, and you got to have short term memory. If you win or if you lose, um, trying to get back in and get back into practice mode. So you're you know 47 wins into the season, well over 60 games into the season. So there's a lot under your belt, but a game like that last night, what does it do for your kids mentally? Well, I was just so, you know, one, we fought back all year. So that's the epitome of this team. The resiliency of this team is they just won't stop. But number two, and I was so proud of them because we had so many kids who had to help us last night who haven't played in a couple weeks who could sit there on the bench and pout. And, and, you know, my bench is probably as good as a lot of teams in the country. You know, I got, you know, outstanding players that are that are not playing and they've kept themselves sharp and they were able to help us in that game and extend that game. And that's kind of one of the bigger pieces as a coach. You always preach, you know, be ready for your turn. And man, last night we had so many guys ready for their turn. Coach, uh, I worded it this way earlier in a conversation with one of our callers, Lynn, who is a big Mississippi State fan. And he brought up two days ago, he said, Matt, I think Josh Hatcher is going to do something to help us win a game. And then here we are. And and so I, I framed it this way, and I'd love to hear your response. There aren't a lot of us out here, Coach, that can identify with Tanner Allen. Tanner's special, okay? He's yeah. in a zone. There ain't a whole lot of Tanner Allens walking around. But right. there are millions of us who can identify with what Josh Hatcher has gone through, where you yeah. get life punches you in the gut and throws you a curve or, or you look up one day and you think you're doing everything right and it's just not working out for you yet, yeah. and then you have two choices. You you can either quit and let it beat you, or you can just keep on plugging away to be ready if the sun comes out one day. And lo yeah. and behold, there he is last night, battles like crazy and is a huge at-bat in the ballgame. What, what, what more can you say about that character of that individual? You know, he, um, I mean, it's been, it, you, know, you can imagine your whole career and, you know, he's a potential draft pick going into the season. He's starting, he's in the middle of the lineup for Mississippi State and, um, man, just got into a funk and couldn't get out of it. Shoot, even a couple of weeks after we took him out of the lineup, he still wasn't out of it. But the last couple of weeks, when you watch BP, when you watch how he works and he's ready to play mm-hmm. and, um, but unfortunately, Kellum Clark has been hot and. Obviously, Kellum had a good game again last night, so you're just waiting behind, and it it does. It doesn't seem fair, and, and where I give Josh all the credit is, is he probably has had as much energy as any player on the team in practice and games on the top rail, cheering on his teammates, and just like life, I mean, the game rewards that. The game is going to reward you if you keep your mind in the right spot, and we talk about it a lot because, you know, um, probably with expanded rosters because of COVID, it's been one of the harder years to coach, you know, just trying to keep kids invested, trying to keep them. I've spent more time 
bringing kids in and talking to them because, you know, you have really good kids who aren't playing. And, um, you know, Josh is a typical example of that. And, and a lot of kids that played last night. Chris Lamonis on your radio. So speaking of him, Coach, going back and evaluating it for you and your staff, talk us through what the situation was on the rowdy door, uh, Jordan double to the wall where Hatcher gets uh, holds up at third base. What happened right there? So, you know, what was really tricky is the center fielder kind of deked all of us. If you had our angle, and that's what Josh had, you know, when we teach game notes tomorrow at our practice, we'll talk to Josh more about getting more extended, but the center fielder had a beat on it. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought he was catching it, and all of a sudden it was 10 feet over his head. I think it fooled the center fielder. The winds are really tricky out here. So Josh thinks he's going to catch it. Then when the ball goes past, Josh isn't far enough out is really what happened. And then Rowdy, who when you see that ball, 100 times out of 100, if nobody's on base, Rowdy's getting a triple. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unfortunately, Rowdy's running with his head down. He doesn't see what's happening in front of him because we don't get a good enough extended lead from the guy at first. So that's kind of what happens there. I heard you talk. It was a double touch. So the first baseman moves into the touch of the plate. The tandem's out there. I guess you could have some teams have – if you go to the Ron Polk playbook – they probably have the right fielder sneaking in there to cover second. But luckily for us, we didn't have anybody to <clears throat> cover the bag, and we were able to get him back. Um, Coach, the um, I, I don't even know what to how to lead you into it because the superlatives, the adjectives have all been used. Um, and, and, the, and the tournament's not over, too, so we got to be careful about telling the guy that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, I guess. But Tanner Allen, I mean, what else can we say about him? Yeah, he's just clutch. I mean, he just <clears throat> he does it on the biggest stage in the biggest moments. And when you're a really good player and you have that ability, it's, it's pretty special, you know. And uh, it was, you know, another Tanner Allen hit. We seem to, like I tell our coaches, we have the right guy at the right plate. A lot of times, you know, he just comes up there and, um, you know, big swing. Did you have a feeling that somebody was eventually going to get a good swing off on a fastball uh, from McGarry at some yeah. point? We we met in the eighth, the bottom, in the top of the eighth. I pulled the whole dugout up, and we spoke about <clears> – everybody talks about our experience out here. Well, here's where our experience helps us. 2019 we played the same game against Auburn they beat us like a dog for seven innings and I said but it's hard to get the last six outs here in Omaha Mm. and so just keep playing somebody's going to get a big hit and once we do and they'll have a hard time stopping us and exactly what happened not that you know but we just we just kind of had that feeling we'd hit some balls hard the inning before we'd had had a four or five line outs off this kid and Kellum was one of them I thought the big at bat was Scotty DeBrule taking the walk that was a huge piece there and yeah. just to get that inning going and make that guy pitch from stretch. So you you mentioned DeBruel. When you look at his at bats in a two to nothing win over Texas, and then you look at his at bats, two of them in the eighth inning to get it started with a walk, and then the insurance run that is the winning run. Has yeah. anybody been more valuable for you at the plate? And I know he didn't hit home runs, but has yeah. anybody been more important? Yeah, he's done a nice job. We, you know, like I said, he's kind of a lineup mover. He done, you're not going to hit you a ton of home runs, but if you need a bunny, gets a bunny, can walk, he can get a big hit. He's a two out. He's a pretty clutch kid. So, you know, he's um, he's had some nice at-bats here. Landon Sims, he wasn't 94-95, but he's still getting outs. How did he get it done? Yeah, 
Um, he used his slider a little bit yesterday. He had, you know, he had told us before the game he thought he had three outs. You know, he could get us, and I made Fox run back down there and say, "Hey, you may need to get four <laughs> because it's uh, well, just getting out of the eight's always a problem, especially as a part of the lineup we were in." Um, <clears throat> and exactly what happened? He throws that great slider to Teal, and uh, one pitch to get us out of the eighth I thought was huge. Um, he just, you know, <clears throat> hopefully we can get him some rest and get him going. And he's had a, you know, had a deal. You know, he's thrown a lot of pitches here lately. Sure. With it being a couple of teams you've already played, Texas you played them twice, Virginia you've played them once, but each once in Omaha, and you know you're facing one of those teams on Friday. Is it? A, yeah. How do you go about? I guess I'm saying, is it a different process, maybe even a, a, a simpler process of scouting those opponents and being ready for them prior to Friday? We'll watch the ninth or Thursday night's game and evaluate them, and then it's really just assessing arms and pitch counts and all that type of stuff. Yeah. That's really the only thing we we do at this point now that we have scouting reports built and everything else. So not not too complicated. What about your arms, Coach? How do you feel about? who's there and pitch counts and that kind of thing? We're good. Everybody should be good on pitch count. Landon will be a question mark. Um, but everybody else, that's why we pitched in the spurts that we did last night is to have those guys ready. So, yeah. Well, and I guess, I mean, th- does that mean that – I know he started the game, but McLeod, he goes an inning and a third. Uh, that's a negative, but if you're looking at the glass half full, it means – does it mean he can come back quicker? He can, he- he could be fresher quicker, yeah. Okay. That that would help him get back a little bit better. And we won't even know until after, you know, a day or so, you know. Sure. sure. Such a big moment. The pitches have a lot of stress on them for everybody. That's kind of what Landon's thing is. It's that ninth inning against Texas kind of took a bite out of him a little bit. Yeah. A little bit more than we thought. Mm-hmm. You know, Coach, um, I know you didn't get much sleep last night, and I sense, you know, you, you kind of laid back. The team gets a day off. Uh, an extra day off. I, I wonder, is, is there a need for you as the leader of the program, as the coach, to uh, make sure there is a mindset with the team that, hey, this is great. Everybody tells us how good we are. We're, they're showing our highlights, but we haven't won anything yet. Stay focused. Is there a need for that with this team? I just gave that speech. Just gave that speech. So, <clears throat> the, the, you know, a lot of, we've talked a lot about having great focus. We've talked a lot about, you know, not coming just to be happy to be here. And, that, you know, it takes X amount of games, and or we've just finished two, and we still got work to do. But nobody's, you know, so, like I said, last night they could enjoy it, and then this morning it was about getting back to work. And, you know, when we practice good, when we practice the Mississippi State way, we seem to play good. So trying to keep their focus there. Sure. One last thing, Coach. Um, your ability to um... – know when to make decisions, the uh, the ability to kind of free up and go with your gut, whether it's a going back a couple of years, moving a Foscu to second base, moving a Cameron James to third base, you know, uh, and then within ball games like we see last night, when to go get a guy, when to bring someone in. Chase Patrick comes in and gets a ground ball double play. The fact is, Chris, you've made all the right moves at the right times. Is it analytical or is it a gut feeling more often than not for you? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, I'm fortunate and I feel like I have one of the better staffs in the country. Not just Jake Gotro, who's awesome, and Scott Foxhall, awesome, and Kyle Cheeseboro, awesome, but, 
You know, we do. We have a you know an analytic staff, and, and we've got information, and we're taking a look at it. You know, we've been preaching to the kids the last couple of weeks, and it's very true because I've had a lot of people say, "Man, there's a lot of moves, y'all." y'all the, the moves look great hmm. when your players play great, <laughs> right? The moves look great. If I don't, if I bring in Chase Patrick and they hit one in the gap, yeah, well, coach made the wrong move, and and. Man, I give a lot. I mean, our kids haven't been out there a lot. Cam Toller hadn't pitched in three weeks. You know, Parker Stinnett, like, that. those are the ones when, when your kids play at a high level like that yeah. and perform, you know, it, it, this is a player's game right now. I've been preaching it to them for weeks. Like, that's what the postseason is, man. I, I'm, I'm their biggest cheerleader. Down four to nothing, no hitter in the sixth. I've told our coaches, cheerful, because they don't need any more pressure. That's for sure. We just, mm. these kids are here and they're playing free and, they make the coach look good when they play good, but it's the reality is if they don't make good pitches or make good plays, then you know the, all the moves are wrong. And so um, right now, we're the, the players are leading this team, so we're just sitting back and I got to make sure they know what time practice is. But on game day, it's about those guys. That's awesome. Um, the only thing, coach, is that somebody, we need to. I can maybe do it. Teach you how to whistle really loudly so that you can get the umpire's no. attention when you want to make a pitching change. You know, I need to get my catcher's attention. That's who I needed. So <laughs> he's been calling a lot of his own pitches. So we just he kind of rolled right into it. I get it. I just man, I'm glad they didn't hit a two run jack in that opportunity. I'd have been ready to puke. And yeah. we had it when the ninth with uh, Braylon Skinner. We had him out of position. Had to move him about five seconds before that guy hit the ball down the line. So it's it's really hard to communicate here. We've been talking a lot about communicating and being able to get each other's attention because the field is so there's so much foul territory too, mm. and it's loud. So you got two dynamics there. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me jump on today, guys. Hey, appreciate it, Coach. They got Thank me you. running in another direction. Hail yeah. State. Hail State. Thank you.